What's up, listeners? Welcome back to another episode of Not Just a Phase. Thank you for joining us. You can check us out online at notjustaphase.net and on Instagram at notjustaphase worldwide. We got a Patreon link there if you want to support the expansion of the show. I'd appreciate it. And today, I got a very cool episode for you. I'm keeping it local with a legendary Hamilton band known as Dead Tired. Maybe you know them from seeing them on the show The Boys. Maybe you know them because George Pettit from Alexis on Fire is their vocalist. Or maybe you know them because Franz is in the band and has tattooed you or several of your friends. Maybe you just know this band because you're fucking awesome and so are they. (laughs) This band's gritty punk with attitude, hard grooves, and an overdose of rock vibes that make their sound unique enough to fit in a DIY show as well as any massive venue. And today we have Franz from Dead Tired on the show. And I'm absolutely hyped. I've been waiting a long time to have this chat. So let's get into it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, just for the record, you didn't uh, read any of these questions before we chatted today, did you? Uh, I skimmed through a few of them, but I, I want to answer stuff organically because I don't want to overthink stuff. True. No, I appreciate that. I like to say it's a very raw live show, so yeah, it's always cool. Uh, so can we get you to introduce the first song we're playing here? This is an unreleased version of a song. Uh, the first song that you guys are going to be hearing is a uh, a version of Punks at the Gym that uh, we recorded for the TV show The Boys. And why and, did that uh, never get put out? I don't know. Um, it, everything kind of happened when we got asked to do it. It all happened so quick. And then um, we were deciding how we were going to handle recording the TV show, whether like, you know, there's going to be playback or if we're actually going to perform the song like live on the show. Uh, but then the most organic thing and the thing that made more most sense after like, you know, when you're filming stuff, there's like take after take after take. It's like, that's a lot to ask for a band to play from eight in the morning till 10 at night, you know, the same song over and over again. So what we did is we recorded uh, an organic live version of punks at the gym. And, uh, you know, I know coming out cool. Like I, I enjoy it more than the, recording on the record personally yo what's up this is franz from dead tired uh this is a live version of punks at the gym and you're listening to not just a phase Thank you. 
<laughs> first take we got a professional oh yeah so welcome to the show man how you doing today how you feeling i'm great yeah doing real good yeah long day of uh tattooing got a paps going uh, i had today off i just had to do running around for the tattoo shop which is not the most exciting yeah oh, costco okay. yeah costco runs and always the weirdo with the cart full of uh gloves and vaseline and paper towel everyone's looking at you like <laughs> i'm with this guy and it's like you're either a tattoo artist or a weirdo you know <laughs> next time just throw a huge cucumber in there yeah totally just, just for the mix yeah <laughs> i don't even know if you can buy just one at costco you gotta buy like 40 of them or something <laughs> <laughs> that makes it even worse that's awesome yeah <laughs> so for uh listeners who might not know could you just uh state your name and what role it is you play in the band uh my name is franz and i play guitar in dead tired and have you done any podcasts before, Franz? Um, yeah, I've done a handful, actually, the past couple of weeks leading up for the record. So I'm, I'm starting to get in the groove of it now. <laughs> you want to name drop who you've chatted with? or? Oh, there's, there's a bunch. Uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I have a list on my phone. Sorry, proper shout outs to those guys. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Hey, do you listen to any podcasts in your free time? Um. Yeah, I listen to a handful of them. I, uh, Damien from Fucked Up has uh, turned out a punk. Um, it's great hearing a lot of friends on that and also just people who I enjoy listening to. And I also listen to uh, Tim Ferriss. And uh, he is an author who has people of all different kind of sorts of things. Um, but he just is a big fan of people who exceed at whatever they're interested in. So it could be a wine sommelier or it could be someone who's doing research on psilocybin and like DMT. It's all over the place. It's a really, really cool podcast. I mean, he's a great listener and question asker. Interesting. I don't think I've heard of that one before. I might check that out. I always say I will and I usually don't, but that sounds cool. It's cool just because it's whatever people excel at. So the, it's all over the place. It's not like just one thing, which is kind of what I, I like. It's nice to hear people are just stoked on whatever they do and just like taking a run with it. Cool. Well, we're going to eventually get into talking about this new record, but uh, I'm a bit of a broken record and I like to usually kick off shows by, uh, by asking how you first got into punk rock or underground music. Can you recall your first exposure to this type of music? Oh, I was young. I mean, I was fortunate enough to grow up. Like I was born here in Hamilton and then um, my parents moved out to like Ridgeway area uh, towards Fort Erie when I was in grade one or so. So I was close to Buffalo and I was exposed to a lot of really great, specifically punk and hardcore out that way. Um, and uh, getting to see the early like phases of bands that ended up becoming big and successful. So I, was, I don't know, I think my first show I went, I was had to be like close to maybe grade seven or so. Do you know who was playing it? Do you remember? Um, there's a show at a center in in Fort Erie. It was uh, every time I die, and at the mercy of inspiration. Oh, that's cool. Then, uh, yeah, like Scott, who was in uh, Cancer Bats, and it was their earlier band. I forget yeah. what other band was on that bill. I think there was a couple locals, but it was at um, one of the. I think it was the Native Center in Fort Erie, actually. So how did you get back to Hamilton? Because you said you were out near Buffalo. 
I was always drawn back to Hamilton, like having family live here. And, you know, it was a great summer escape. I got to stay at my grandma's place who was, you know, I grew up with uh, fairly strict parents, great, great parents, but fairly strict. And my grandma kind of, you know, she was just like, let me and my cousin go skateboarding, do whatever we want. So I spent a lot of summers here hanging with my cousin. And then once I graduated high school, I kind of migrated back to Hamilton. It was just always calling me back. So we get how you got into punk. You're back in Hamilton now. How do you end up meeting the rest of the gang? I know there's been some lineup changes, but uh, you and George are the only original members at this point. Yeah, totally. Um, met those guys. Like, we met George. Like, he was always DJing out here. He's been his feet planted in Hamilton for quite some time now. Um, so, like, Hamilton's a very collective circle of musicians and artists who all know and interact with each other so it came very like organically just hanging out and then um the original lineup of dead tired kind of started off just as like we're at a, a friend's birthday and it was well the original guitar player of dead tires his birthday party at martin's bowling alley which no longer exists and um we're all hanging out and it was just kind of like hey you play drums you play guitar you know you play bass let's let's get together and jam so outside of uh, outside of dead tired, what's uh, what's your passions like outside of writing and playing? What are you doing in your free time? I mean, it's, it's a lot with tattooing. Tattooing is very life consuming. It's like not only in shop, but it's like you're constantly having to draw. You're constantly having to do things. But any other chance I get, it's like you know, I love playing video games. Uh, I love playing disc golf, which is super nerdy and fun. Um, <laughs> it is fun. It, yeah, so it's like. But then I also just find myself, it's like I'll paint or I'll play a lot of guitar. And then in the wee hours of the evening, you know, you hang with friends and like just enjoy it. Nice. Yeah, I, I never really realized that till uh, getting to know some tattoo artists. Like that's a more than full-time job. You don't have a for lot sure. of time. It, it doesn't like, it doesn't just leave at the door of the shop. It's like, that is just a fraction of your day. You're constantly like, sending emails and you're thinking about the next step and it's like the never-ending cycle of drawing it's like these designs just don't appear you know what i mean there has to be stuff put into it and it's all what you want out of it too and like i'm kind of one of those people who's like i want to give it my all so it's like i put a lot of work into drawing too i imagine booking's a bitch too because i mean i obviously i book interviews for bands and that's uh musicians are not exactly the most timely people but uh... oh yeah i mean it's like the <laughs> correlation with the two is they're so similar like it's basically being a tattoo artist is being your own band you're your own booking agent you're your, like Manager, everything yeah. about it and uh i'm also like very particular of how i do things and i like to get stuff done you know my ocd is very strong so it's like i kind of take the role that in the band too so every band's got one you know so i just happen to do it with tattooing that just makes sense to be the the guy who does it all you know no, it makes sense. Makes sense. As much as I'd love to just show up and tattoo and or just, you know, show up to the show with the guitar and play, it's like there's a part of me that has to be the driving force behind every closed door, you know? <laughs> you have to take that major role. You don't have a choice, right? Yeah, don't have a choice. Right. Otherwise so, nothing will get done. <laughs> <laughs> is there like a is there a certain 
body part you like tattooing more than others like do you prefer doing back pieces or i mean backs are great they're fun it's a lot of work it's painful for the client the most ideal spot is like tattooing like the side of a leg or a calf you know the skin's already stretched it's very stress-free but like given the success i've had with tattooing it's like i end up doing a lot of big pieces and hard to tattoo spots ribs and backs and like you know it's rare that I get to go to work and just do like an hour and a half tattoo on someone's leg. I mean, that would be the like great, but I also really like doing these big elaborate things too. Cause at the end of it, it's like, it's totally worth it. Yeah. I've seen you've been doing some massive pieces lately. Yeah. I guess uh, we'll plug that. That's that baby bird. Yeah, totally. That's in Hamilton. And uh, when you usually booking for anyone who's curious. Well, the way that I do things is so I don't book up like seven or eight months in advance. It's the first Tuesday of every month. I do my bookings all in one day. So everyone gets in their emails the night before the morning of. I sort the emails usually starting at 930 and before noon, the month is already booked up and then I put a pause on it and then you just redo the next month. So then that way everything cycles naturally. You're only waiting about a month or so to get tattooed. It also leaves room for spontaneity, like both as a tattooer and sometimes when people want to think about getting tattooed, they're like, hell yeah, I want to get that. And it's like, sometimes you don't know what you're doing in eight months, you know? And it also sucks a little bit of the fun of, uh, over it. Cause you kind of are like, oh, well, I'm kind of in the moment and want to get it done now. So, and also it's great for organizing with the band and everything. It's like you get show offers or opportunities to come up. It's like, you don't have to reschedule and everything. It's like, Generally with music, everything is at least done like within a, a month in advance because there's lots of planning behind to go to, to put it in the work for a show. It's not, it's a lot of work behind that. True. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on in Hamilton. I'm always asking bands like, what's the, uh, what's the scene like in your area, local venues, favorite bands, shit like that. I obviously being, you know, not too far from you, I know what, what it's like out there, but uh, what are your favorite venues, local bands? I mean, it's unfortunate, like, Disney Hollywood had to close. Like, yeah, that was that was something real special that it's even hard to describe because being a Hamiltonian, you, you get so used to going there. And then every once in a while, you have to sit back and be like, man, this is really rad and doesn't exist in a lot of places. So that was one spot where it was like, it's going to be hard to fill that gap in Hamilton and, like, even where we're deciding on trying to play a show that seems appropriate, we're, we're having issues deciding on where we want to do it. Um, so that's one that like, you know, it's, it's going to be hard to replace and it's, it will always be my favorite have place to play and go to see shows. Yeah. I'd have to agree. I think that was the first, uh, first place I saw TV freaks at. Yeah. And uh, it's my first time at that venue too. And I was like, oh, absolutely. Awesome. And, that, and that's another perfect example of a great Hamilton band that's, you know, doing the damn thing. They're actually in the studio right now recording a record, which is awesome. Oh, that's exciting. I did not know that. Yeah. Fucking A. Yeah, I'm very stoked for that. They're, they're all good friends of mine. It's really nice to see them, like, you know, make time and get together and record a record. Yeah, I didn't know they were still going. I haven't seen too much activity, so. Well, our buddy Berger, he, he uh, biked out to um, Victoria from hamilton why <laughs> he's a maniac but and then he's he's been living out there the the past little bit he loves it you know it's, it's beautiful out that way it's hard not to move back but uh like bc he biked yeah, there he biked there on a regular ass bicycle That's in headwinds 
Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I saw him the other day. It was I was like, how? He's, he's got great looking caps and an ass now. So I can tell you <laughs> that. Like, you know, it's just like, holy smoke, look at that. That's awesome. Let's, uh, while, we're, while we're still on the topic of Hamilton, uh, tons of great places to eat out there. What's your favorite place to eat right now? I mean, as far as Hamilton staples goes, I love going to Bronzy's. Um, you can get a pint of Molson Export and you can get a pizza served on a metal tray for sit down, which is like, there's something about just going to a place where you actually sit down and order like a grease wheel. Like, I love that, you know, a little Parmesan on it and like chili flakes is, is, uh, there's something endearing about that. And then there's also so many like fancy new places that I'm also a fan of as well. You know, it's like, I love going out for food and it's nice to see Hamilton be put on the map with like, pseudo fine dining restaurants like you got berkeley north and then bon temp and you know caro and victoria's like they're all offering these great consistent meals which is extremely hard to do but a part of me being like the the hamilton in me it's like i just want something that's cheap good and you can only get you know in hamilton so let's get back to the music a little bit uh, before we get into your new work, what are you listening to right now that you don't think is getting enough attention or you think deserves more hype? Um, I've been really listening to a lot of Dream Unending. Uh, it's, um, there's a Toronto band called Two Mold. And they're more of like, yeah, like a death metal band. And it's uh, Derek, the guitar player from Two Molds. It's his other project. And it's very like, it's like ambient death metal Um it, it's awesome. I've been really loving that. It's like, especially at the tattoo shop, it's like go through different phases of listening to aggressive music and instrumental, but it, it, it balances that sweet spot of like melodic and pretty. But then, you know, when someone walks in, they're still like, well, this is gnarly. Um, but if you haven't listened to that, uh, that band you should check them out. They just put out a record. It was uh, like 2021. Um, it's amazing. It's great. <laughs> let's finally get into talking about your new material dead tired's new album satan will follow you home where can we get physical copies of this when's it dropping um you can get physical copies through uh the new damage dine alone website um i know a variant's already sold out uh but there's still like another variant up for grabs and um you'll be able to stream it all on every streaming site and everything like that uh it's the the record's out july 8th and we should have physical soon i mean it's been a mess trying to get vinyl press but uh that'll all be rolling out um really soon and uh yeah we have a, a seven inch as well that is being kind of thrown up there where it's uh, exclusive just to hearing it via physical copy um so for people who are like really into vinyl and also want something special it's like when you buy the record throw that in the cart too it's worth it and uh you and the label were kind enough to let me play one of those songs from that seven inch i'm going to play that as the outro track there absolutely yeah stoked very excited for that so stay tuned to hear that one who mixed and mastered uh this album there um this record was first of all we recorded it all ourselves um Marco Brissett, the other guitar player. Um, he is also an audio engineer and 
have a little studio that's in the vicinity of our, our jam space and the studio is called dead quarters. So, you know, suits the name. And, uh, not only did we record it, we mixed it. Uh, Marco did that, put in the time, like mixing is, you know, it's nuts. It's like, it's one thing actually recording a thing, but then when you have these layers of sound, making them sound good is another thing. And, um, it was mastered by, we always get, uh, the same person to master it, uh, Joe, Joe Carbello. Uh, he's out in Toronto. Um, he's done some great records. He, uh, he, he's been working with Marco for years and years and years previous to dead quarters. So they have a good working relationship and he really knows how to make, make his mixes sound what they should sound like. So I don't normally ask about like the songwriting process for bands, but I'm curious if you could give me a breakdown what the writing process is like for you guys. Cause you got some like slower hard groove type jams. A lot more of that I feel is on this album and you got, you know, a lot of fast energy jams too. And they're both totally different styles yet still your own unique style. So I'm just curious how that comes out. I mean, as players, we're always trying to write guitar riffs that, you know, we'd bob our own head to and then taking influences from other bands we listen to. And it's like, you know, it is fun, you know, slamming a six pack and playing guitar as fast as you can. Um, but also it's fun curating these sounds and riffs that are intentional and that have groove. And also that after you're done listening to the song, maybe later in the day, you're going to be thinking about a guitar riff or something. And then you, it'll make you want to put it on again. And something about the infectious rhythm of a, a well-written guitar part, you know, is sometimes just as fun as slamming on the strings as fast as you can too. And it's like, there, it, it offers two different kinds of energy for the listener to kind of digest, which is, I think, it's good to showcase a little bit of both. We've already done a couple of records of, you know, fast stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, I love both the, the high energy and the, the hard grooves. <clears throat> I feel like this album's got some more, uh, some more hard groove, gritty rock jams on it, um, which I think is great. Like, no one's doing it the way you guys do it. Um, was that like intentional to move more towards that sound or that style? Or did that just happen naturally? Or Um. I mean, a lot of those riffs, either I came up with or we had, um, but like we all contribute equally. And I think it was just like finding more pockets of what we were listening to at the time. It's like digging back into like Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, like, you know, it's like Metallica, Black Album. Like, I don't know, the, it, it kind of just started to write, write stuff that we didn't really want to overthink too. Um, and a lot of the stuff came out really easy. And once you have a good riff, it was really nice to like, just like building blocks on top of it. Um, and with playing guitar with Marco for me, like we played previous to, to Dead Tired, um, good at like shaping songs together. And they just kind of came out really easily that way. So I don't know if it was fully intentional. We didn't make a decision where we're like, Hey, let's try this thing. The thing just kind of happened. You said you and Marco were, were writing together before this? Yeah, we played in a cover band. Um, we also, like, uh, a bunch of musicians out in Welland always usually get together around Christmas and you do, you pick a band and you cover it. And then they have a big show and it's just all like sets of cover, cover bands. And um, a handful of years ago, we, uh, we decided to do Turbo Negro Party Animals. Nice. And um, we did that 
start to finish uh, with a couple of members of the, that band uh, D-Boy, they're on Dine Alone. And then a few of our other friends that are out in Welland who play in other bands. And um, we had so much fun learning the Turbo Negro stuff that we kind of continued to do it. And then we learned more Turbo Negro stuff. We did a bunch of shows when Cancer Bats did uh, the Black Sabbath cover sets. So we did shows with them. And then um, we actually recorded five original songs. It's still not out yet, uh, but it's in the vein of Turbo Negro, but they're all original songs based on the cover band that we had had called uh, Robo Whore. <laughs> That's an awesome name. Yeah. <laughs> is there uh, is there any other side projects you guys got going in the band? Um, I mean, constantly always writing. Um, myself, it's so hard. My time is spread so thin that I would love to start another side project. But for me, I think it would make more sense, like, to join something that already existed because it's so hard to get bands, you know, together and do something. Yeah, for sure. It's exhausting to like being like, all right, let's start a new band. But I'm always open to like, you know, I happily, if I was stoked on a band, they needed someone to play. I would make the time to do that. Yeah. It gets harder and harder to manage anything time-wise. I mean, we're not kids anymore. Right. So yeah. So now that you guys are back, what band haven't you played with that you'd, you'd love to share the stage with or you're hoping to share the stage with? It would be totally cool just, like, to play with someone like the Melvins or something, you know what I mean? It's, like, <laughs> I get to play – we play with lots of cool bands and, like, it's we have great opportunity. Even, like, you know, we play with, like, the Dillinger Escape Plan and all this. And, like, there's been – it's really great for all these. But then there's, like, these some satisfying things that – it'd be cool to play with a band that has paved the way for kind of the sound that you enjoy, you know? And I'm like, I would, I would like love to play a show with the Melvins. I think it would be great. Yeah. So you'd want to play with some more of the, the pioneers, the trailblazers, yeah, so to speak. For sure. You got any uh, shows booked for the near future coming up? You want to plug? We have uh, the one that we announced. Um, we're playing with, uh, Annie Flag and Cancer Bats uh, at the Danforth in December. Um, it's been hard with Alexis's tour schedule um, and everyone's work life to find opportunities and windows to play, but we have a big calendar at the at our studio, and there's some plenty of windows of opportunity where we're uh, we're going to cook up some shows, and we want to do some fun, kind of spontaneous cool Hamilton like maybe a cool Hamilton show and then throughout locally in the area um and those can kind of we're very fortunate you can kind of do off the hop which is great like you know all you need is a week's notice and with the power of social media and like a push you know hopefully get some kids out and play a fun show so up up until this point in time you have like a a favorite show or, or tour memory that you've had with this band? Um, we played heavy Montreal a handful of years ago and we played in the forest. They had like this, uh, they had the giant two main stages and then they had various other stages throughout the, the Island in Montreal and the forest was like really cool. It was like trees popping out and then you could just see this like sea of people and people were climbing the trees and sitting in the trees and jumping off the trees and like the way that the light was shining through it was like 
it was really, really cool. And um, also the catering at uh, Heavy Montreal was um, done by Chuck, um, Chuck and Danny. Like Dan, uh, and they're well-known chefs, and it was just like outstanding. Like oyster bar, there was like at a fest. It was mental. It was like sounds magical. Oh my god, it was great. And we were there um, for the whole like uh, we played on the Sunday, and Alexis played on the Friday. So we all rolled down and we hung out for the whole weekend. We got to watch so many wicked bands. Playing was a bonus. And then I remember as soon as we played, I like threw my guitar to the dude backstage and he loaded it off the stage and I ran and then I went and watched uh, Pig Destroyer. And I'm like, to just have the energy high of playing a set and like, you know, you're buzzed and got a couple drinks in you and then going to see a band that you're like really stoked on. I was like, it was awesome. And, and, uh, and also Neurosis played too, which is crazy. That was nuts. So who's your least favorite member in Alexis? <laughs> impossible they're all great i love all those guys so much like it was even the other day we were all talking like went to the show and it was so nice to see everyone and like you know big hugs around for all of them and it was really like cool to see what they have done and accomplished and it's like every once in a while when you're given the opportunity to like hang out so organically with people sometimes you forget what they've accomplished and uh it's nice to actually physically you physically see it you're like oh damn you guys, you guys did it. Um, and it's really cool. I love all those guys. We call each and one of the, everyone, my like friend. So nice. that would be an impossible question to ask. <laughs> I didn't think you'd actually answer it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I would tell you if I didn't like someone, <laughs> I'm pretty honest. I'm, and yeah. I think the, per, the person would know if I didn't like them either. Yeah. Fair but enough. Fair enough. N- nothing but the most respect for those, those guys are out there all amazing. Yeah, it's great to see somebody so local. Like uh, I'm out of Grimsby, right? So when yeah. I saw I saw music videos on Much, I'm like, what the fuck? Are you serious? I never thought you know anyone local yeah. could achieve something that it's cool. crazy, right? Crazy. Speaking of you guys getting onto big shit, you got onto the boys. Now I know why we already talked about that, but how the hell did that happen? Like, how did they hit you up? Or uh, we played a show. Like we had our own show at the Horseshoe in Toronto. Yeah, and. Coincidentally enough, it was the last show we've played because everything went to shit. And um, we we finished playing the show. It was it was just happened to be it was a great show. It was wild, like you know the even the videos like people jumping off the stage. It was packed. It was high energy. And the director of the TV show, The Boys, I guess caught wind about us, and then he wanted to come to see us live because he was looking for a band for the show. Um, I don't know where he caught wind or why he caught wind, but... They filmed it all in Toronto, I was told, so... Yeah, so, so he was at the show. Um, cool. We played shit, the, the whole set, like, you know, adrenaline's bumping and, like, just get off the stage, and then he comes up to me, and he's like, hey, man, that was awesome. Like, that was really great. Uh, I'd love for you to be a part of this thing that I'm doing. And, like, you know... Me, I just got off the set. I'm sweaty. I just need like a cold beer. I'm already half in the bag. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, cool, man. That sounds great. Um, here's my cell phone number. You know, he comes up to merch. He buys a t-shirt. He buys a record. We play the shit. Like we finish up the show, and then a couple days later, I get a text, and it's him. And and I'm like, oh shit, this is like, this is a real deal thing. It's not someone for like 
some high school video project or college project. And also there's nothing wrong with that. That's everyone starts summer. That is sick. But it was like, I, I was just like, Oh, cool. This is a real thing. I, I text the, the dudes in our dead tire group chat. And I was just like, Hey, do you guys want to do this thing? I think it would be really cool. And then everyone was like, Oh yeah, hundred percent. Let's do that. And he, he was such a pleasant person to deal with. And I wasn't even aware of how like the, level of success he was at and he was just a real genuine person so it was really nice to like bond over you know it wasn't like he came with a pompous attitude he was just a great person and it was cool to interact with him and then eventually realize being like whoa crazy this is like this is real deal stuff yeah the show is fucking massive iconic yeah i didn't, uh, didn't know you guys were on it i'm watching it in my living room and i fucking lost my mind there's another one of those moments i'm like they made it like that's so yeah. cool <laughs> We didn't tell anyone and because it was like one of those things we yeah. you can't really like our, our, there's a certain people in our friendship circle and significant others knew, you know what I mean? But like, it wasn't one of those things where like, guys, you know, and then uh, at one point after we filmed it, really didn't hear much about it. And then we were all jamming coincidentally enough when the episode aired and we were even that night we were like oh i wonder what's going on with if we're ever going to be on that show like you know maybe and then I'm like oh maybe they cut the scene like that often happens and all of a sudden like we're jamming then everyone's phone's going off and now we're we all got to watch the the scene together which was really cool because then it, after literally talking about it it was like someone's you know ears were burning and then it was just like summoned into the universe and then it was really cool to like all hang and be like, yo, cool, this is awesome. And it, and it wasn't like it was like 12 seconds. It was, you know, it's like a two and a half minute scene or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, it was cool. That's cool. And it's you kind of saw it together like that. Like yeah, it's nice just to add it to like the time capsule of like, you know, where you, in years from now, you, it'll, it'll always exist. And it's nice to look back at something that you did that you're stoked on. Yeah, fuck yeah. Show's only getting bigger too. Uh, you been yeah. watching the new season or? Oh yeah. I'm not, not quite done it yet. Uh, I've been juggling. There's been so many cool shows and movies coming out, but uh, yeah, yeah. that's next on the sleigh list is to finish the rest of that. Cause yeah, it's great. It's awesome.
Welcome back to Not Just a Phase. We're back here with Franz from Dead Tired. I just played you Predatory Loans, which is coming off their new album again. Satan Will Follow You Home, which is out July 8th. So it should be out by the time this comes out. And uh, we're just going to jump right back into it here. If you could see one band do a reunion show, who would it be and why? A lot of bands are doing that these days. Uh, I mean, the band that I'd want to see would be impossible because he passed away, but I'd love to see Death. Okay. Um, I've, I never got to see him when I was younger. And uh, once I kind of got in through the uncomfortable stages of like listening to like punk and then in metal and then you know I saw my soft spot for early Metallica and all that kind of stuff I remember stumbling upon the band Death and I was like this is so fucking cool and then like having the you know the back category to listen to it was it's cool to see an evolution of like thrash to like complex metal and like a little bit proggy but still like really cool and not like cheesy proggy um and it was just the craftsmanship of people learning their instruments and wanting to get better and i mean i mean i know he was a hard ass like with firing band members and i can relate to that uh but uh <laughs> oh sorry should i not be laughing sorry go on <laughs> no 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 but it's like no it's like you want you i don't know for me i'm never satisfied i want to get better i want to play and uh that was a, that's a band that you can listen to their category and it's like for them to sculpt their instruments and become what they became but still sticking to being fucking badass i was like i would love to have been able to see that band and i will never be able to but you know watch plenty of live videos and uh, there's like the death uh documentary that you can watch i think I have it on DVD, but I think you can watch it on one of the streaming services now. And it's like, I watch that every so often because it's like, it relates to being in a band. And it's like, it also like the work that was put involved with it. It's cool. Well, we, uh, we talk with a lot of bands internationally, but we're keeping it Canadian here today. And since we were talking about reunions, I'm curious, um, what band, what Canadian band would be your favorite that's no longer active? Um, Probably Ladyhawk. Ladyhawk? I don't think I know them, to be honest. Uh, they're from Vancouver. Um, the bass player, he he plays in a, a heavier band called Baptist, um, which, if you haven't heard them, are also amazing. But uh, Ladyhawk was so rad. Um, just, like, good rock and roll. Like, hard to just – I wouldn't say they're an indie band. Like, they're just all really good musicians – can write a hell of a song. Like, I was fortunate enough to see him many times. You know, I even saw him at the Rex Hotel in Welland with, like, Attack and Black and stuff. And I saw him at this St. Hollywood, and that's, like, forever won't remain, a, like, a fond memory. But, uh, yeah, that's, I'm going to say Ladyhawk. So out of, like, uh, bigger bands, uh, favorite and least favorite Canadian acts? Um, bigger bands. Sloan? favorite sloan up there really that's a weird one i forget that they're canadian i didn't like yeah i mean recognize like that until you said there's it. so many bands of like that area even that air air like area like thrush hermit are also wicked but um i'd say sloan's up there with like sloan. i didn't see that coming you know i'm like 
the hip I enjoyed, but I like a lot of people who are in the, the tragically hip really had like this family staple with it. And like, they are, they were great. But for, like, I remember stumbling across Sloan when I was young and I didn't know why I liked it. Cause like I was into, I like punk and metal, but then yeah. also they're all, um, they're Sloan. They're all punk dudes. Like, you know, I, I was fortunate enough. I saw, um, a couple of the members, they did a minor threat cover set at like parts and labor. Seriously. Yeah. Like Chris Murphy did. And it was really cool. Um, and they, they even have a, a seven inch they put out of Sloan songs that they're like, they're punk hardcore songs. They sound like the replacements a bit or something. I did not know that. And then like least favorite. Yeah. Who we shitting on or hating on, I guess. <laughs> I don't know if I should say it. <laughs> I can cut it. Uh, I'd say, but like, I don't know. I also, I don't know. I wouldn't want to. I never, I know, wouldn't want to like say publicly, like you know, who I thought was my least favorite, because it's like I really just don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. Um, because there, I like there are lots of bands where it's like, I don't know, they're still doing it, and as long as you're successful and you're happy and you're being true to yourself and you're you're sincere about the music you're writing, then that's rad. That's why I usually say big bands if I ask that question, even as a joke. Like, I'm not a huge fan of Rush, but they are a Canadian staple. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. But then, like, they have their things that, like, definitely impacted everything, too. Oh, I so, respect like, the hell out of them. But yeah, for sure. Not my favorite. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's hard because a lot of the bands that I just don't care about, it's like, they're just completely off my radar. True. What are you, what are you listening to these days that, like, could be considered a guilty pleasure to yourself or others is there anything shameful or, or cringy that you enjoy um i'm pretty public about with my friends on like the music that i listen to like i don't know the other month i went to go see john mayer like you know what i mean and that nice. new record <laughs> sob rock is cool like you know so yeah. i think it goes even goes back to that other question it's just like people are capable of putting on music and digesting it differently. So it's like, sometimes if you end up liking it, you don't really have to, I don't know, hide behind it. It's kind of cooler when you just own it where you're like, yeah, whatever. I think it's good. I don't give a shit. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah John Mayer totally. is stupidly talented too. It's nuts. My stupidly, stupidly talented. It's yeah. unreal. There's no reason to hate that guy. He's crazy good. Yeah. Crazy good. <laughs> um, so, I got a couple uh well i have one stupid question here assuming you know you're not a pacifist if you could punch anyone in the face as hard as you can with no repercussions who would you knock out and why uh, bobby flay <laughs> okay fuck why <laughs> he's, he's just an asshole he's just, <laughs> i mean like he has a show called beat bobby flay oh fuck you're right yeah you know what i mean it's That's like excessive he put himself on a pedestal and don't get me wrong. He's great. I even went to, I think one of his restaurants in Cleveland and it was delightful, but I still, I still fucking deck him. I think. Yeah. <laughs> but also I would, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not that kind of person, but no, no. Hypothetically. It's also a funny answer too. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great answer. I forgot he had his own show. Yeah. That, that deserves yeah. a good knock. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's like, Hey, come beat me. I dare. And then, you know, uh, uh, 
what was um would you consider your album of the year for 2021? Mm. That's a big one. It's a big one. Yeah. I'm trying to think what I've been. What did you spin the most? It doesn't have to be like album of the year, but what do you think you played the most of, if that makes it easier? Uh, it's hard with the tattoo shop because I get to consume so much music that like, I wish I could go on my phone and just see what was most played. But, like, off the top of my head, um, this band, Avlov, uh, they have a record called Buds. And it's really wicked. It's kind of like shoegazy rock, but, like, really guitar-heavy. There's lots of cool sonic elements in, in it that are, like, for a record that's not intentionally being like a, hey, this is a super heavy record, it is crushingly heavy. And there's really cool, like, melody in it. And then there's fuzz and chaos, like, you know, and then there's a smooth saxophone solo that's, like, you know, reminiscent of, like, Bruce Springsteen. You know what I mean? But, like, I've been listening to that, but it's, it's really hard because I don't know if I could pick just one top record. But that, I don't for, for some reason, that just jumped out randomly yeah it's never an easy question to answer no it's usually why i like asking it to be honest yeah but uh you know safe to say you listen to quite a lot of music you've been around the scene for quite a while um very safe to say you have your seen your citizenship horrible i do <laughs> horrible pun intended um what's some of the good and bad changes you've seen happen since you got into this thing um I mean, early into it, the music scene out in Niagara was amazing. Like, you could go to a show in Welland at, you know, the Lions Club, and there's 400 kids there. You know what I mean? Yep. Or like the, and then all of a sudden, this trickle kind of phased out where, I don't know if it was just people getting older or whatever, and, like, there were shows that you'd expect to crush, and, like, they're barely pushing 100 people there. But kind of what's nice to see now and and with the break in music due to the pandemic, it's nice to see people like I've gone to a bunch of shows and the energy is nuts and the shows are great. And like the the shows that you would assume are mediocre are fantastic. And the shows that are fantastic are superb, you know, and and like everyone's there having a good time. And it's, I hope that this is kind of a, a reset, not only in, in bigger shows, but even like, going to a local show you know some weird noise show at like a small bar like you know you're seeing a bunch of people there and it's i think there is kind of going to be a a resurge in like supporting local music and also touring bands too and you're already starting to see some bands that a handful of years ago like we played call the office with like pup and then now pup can like you know those guys are crushing it based on their success and their hard work, but also it's, it's, I think kind of this break of music has kind of skyrocketed bands and put the next level of tier of like, you know, you're playing hundred capacity venues. You're probably going to play 200, you know, you're playing 200. You're probably going to play eight. Like, I don't know. It just seems like there's this cool drive right now. I'd have to agree. And I got to say with this new album that you guys are doing, I feel like it's a bigger sound. Like I said, uh, you have this unique sound where you could fit in on like a DIY venue or like an absolutely massive venue. Right. So I'm curious, like 
what what do you consider the next big goal or accomplishment you want to reach as a band like is there a certain venue or festival you want to play or i think curating this like as we're writing the record and realizing the strength of the songs and maybe even more of the appeal that it's like it might offer more opportunities to do some bigger things without being such like a sore thumb you know what i mean it's like I remember when we got offered a show to play, like this was a handful of years ago and it was like Sublime and Offspring. And then we were kind of like, I don't know, that will be weird to play. Like maybe we'll, we're just, we'll, we'll pass on that because it's like, I don't know, maybe it's not that appealing for the, those kind of crowds. But then as you're writing music and stuff now, it's like, it'd be cool to play with bigger bands and but then it also be cool to pack a, a, a small club full of people and it's nice to, to shift your your sound and also your stage performance and like everything about that in order to adapt to bigger and better things and i think that's kind of what we intend to do with this record and you know but still we're punks at heart and we always want to do fun cool stuff for people and not just make it available via this high-end source speaking of the new record what's what's new for the band coming up this year we'll talk about that uh that seven inch that's also out there um yeah i mean we have some shows in the works and then also leading up into the end of the year um given the opportunity with the record coming out we'll be able to do stuff for the new year hopefully play some festivals and shows um have people digest the record and like maybe might open some doors for us, but we're always jamming. We're always writing. I think we got like eight new songs, you know, that already. Yeah. That we're just like, we're, we're always ripping. Uh, We have a new drummer. Um, So during the recording, like we, uh, we got Ian Romano to play drums on the record. And then since then we have a new drummer and band member, uh, Theo McKibben, who's just a smasher and it's fun to jam because we're stoked. So we've just been jamming and writing. Um, as long as we're jamming and writing, I'm happy. Like I love playing shows and stuff, but kind of how I said earlier about the, you leave like this time capsule of things that are time and a place. So many times I've gotten together with friends and you write these cool songs and you don't record them and then they're gone into the universe. So I just want to record everything that is worth recording and then at least itself. But if other people can enjoy it, like, hell yeah. And it seems like more and more people are enjoying it now too, which is great. Yeah. And I wanted to talk about this uh, seven inch here that, so these two songs didn't make it on the full length album. Yeah. They were kind of, and the intention was to put them on the album. Uh, it would have brought the album in the over an hour time mark which also affects the quality of uh, listening quality on vinyl. Like you don't want it too long on either side. You might have to do a double LP, which affects the cost. And then there was also like this interrupted flow with once you listen to the record, it's kind of intentional how it takes you on a roller coaster of highs and lows and ups and downs and all that kind of stuff. And there are two songs that back to back, they go so well together and they were important for us to have that we're like, let's, you still gotta come out. Like, it's not like we're like, oh, these, 
these were the leftovers, you know, put them up. It's like, we were still very stoked and passionate about those two songs. Um, and they ended up going really well together. And I think it makes a perfect seven inch for a collector and a music consumer. And uh, I'm real happy for those to get out there in, in the physical world. Cause it adds this element of cool, like hidden treasure that you find, you know, anyone can go on Spotify and YouTube and, you know, you, you just click it and find it. But uh, it'll be nice to have those for people who are real stoked on the band and, and can get those. And then, you know, I encourage people to rip those and put them online. Yes. I was just absolutely blown away by these two tracks. Um, the one we're going to play today for the outro is stars burn out and just absolutely massive jam, which might not be out by the time this episode is out. Yeah. I think that with how vinyls come in, it's like maybe yeah. August or whatever, but like, yeah, it'll be cool that, you know, you'll get to hear it here first, you know, might, make you want to click and buy it and um yeah it's a it's a real cool song it's like if you like guitars you know there's back-to-back <laughs> guitar solos you know yeah it's absolutely massive jam very very honored to be uh sneaking that out doing the preview for it uh before we kick into that we got any last like shout outs any plugs causes anything you'd want to anything you want to speak about anything at all you know the floor is yours the mic's yours no just make music, make art, have fun, check out our record, check out friends records, you know, big, small, local. Someone tells you about something. Don't just nod your head and be like, yeah, I'll check it out. We all have phones, put a note in your phone, find yourself listening and consuming music. Um, I do it all the time. It's like through tattooing people every day. It's like, we're always talking about stuff and I'll just, yeah, I'll, I'll make mental notes on my phone and, yeah, never stop listening to stuff. Yeah, I got a couple hundred notes of bands to check out, movies to look into, and <laughs> my whole yeah, phone's just great. full of shit I got to get into. <laughs> I have a, a conversation with Steel from Alexis, and like we were, we were talking, we went to Mexico together in January, and we have just a list of movies that we send each other. And you just go through the list, and then when you watch the movie, it's just like, yo, man. I checked it out and then uh, I saw him the other day and we had, we had a little talk about the movies we've been watching. It's like, it's great to do that with friends, start a group chat, yeah. music and film. And it's, it's awesome. You don't even have to engage too hard into it. Just throw it in one group chat. Yeah. People got sick of me talking about music too much. So I made my own podcast and uh, <laughs> I super appreciate you coming on the show today, man. It's been a great chat. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Absolute blast. And uh, as I said, the song is Stars Burn Out. It's coming off the seven inch that accompanies Satan Will Follow You Home, which is coming out on the 8th of July with new damage. And yeah, just absolutely hyped to be playing this right now. Mm-hmm. 